In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So today leaves us with the subject of the eternal fires of hell. Let us first begin by looking at what the Holy Scriptures say about hell, and then what the Church teaches on the subject. The many words of our Lord on hell can be divided into two groups. First, our Lord speaks of hell as a casting out. At the end of the Gospel of St. Matthew, the damned are cursed by God. We read, Then he shall say to them also that shall be on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, which was prepared for the devil and his angels. At the end of the parable, the wise and the foolish virgins, the bridegroom says, Amen, I say to you, I know you not. And the door was closed on them. As our Lord explained in the kingdom, in the parables of the kingdom of God, a man came up to him and said, Lord, are there few that are saved? And Jesus said to them, Strive to enter by the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, shall seek to enter and shall not be able. But when the master of the house shall be gone in and shall shut the door, you shall find you shall begin to stand without and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said to them, I know you not whence you are from. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. St. Paul himself adds, Know you not that the unjust shall not possess the kingdom of God. Do not err, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor the liars with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor railers, nor extortioners shall possess the kingdom of God. Secondly, our Lord explains hell in a way that talks of severe physical pain. Jesus threatens sinners with the punishment of hell. He calls it Gehenna, the hell of fire. He says it is where the worm does not die and the fire is not extinguished. He calls it the everlasting fire, the unquenchable fire, the furnace of fire, the everlasting pain, and an exterior darkness of weeping and gnashing of teeth. St. Paul adds, They who do not know God and do not obey the gospel shall suffer eternal punishment and destruction from the face of the Lord and from the glory of his power. In the book of the Apocalypse we read, The godless shall have their portion in the pool burning with fire and brimstone, where they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. From these two sections of passages from Holy Scripture, that of our Lord talking of a casting away and that of a punishment by fire, scholastic theology has developed the twofold punishment of hell. First, it is the pain of loss, by which the damned are forever separated from God and His goodness, separated from all that brings joy, separation from all that brings happiness and peace. This causes complete despair in the damned, 
as there is no hope of an end to their punishments and no departure from hell. As sin is an aversion to God, a turning away from Him, the sinner chooses hell. By just one mortal sin, or refusing to believe in God and to follow Him, the sinner chooses hell over God. God is perfectly just, and no one is in hell that doesn't choose hell for themselves. However, that choice does not have to be explicit. One can simply omit doing the right thing and choose hell. The second punishment of hell is the pain of sense. As each sin is a turning from God to the creature, forever the damned will be justly punished by misusing God's gifts, by misusing their freedom, for being, and for being attached to the creature and ignoring the Creator. Thus, that which caused the sinner's fall will be justly used to be the sinner's punishment. St. Francis de Sales says of the pain of sense, The damned are in the infernal abyss, as in this miserable city, where they endure unutterable torments in every sense and in every member, because as in every sense and member which has participated in their sin, so must they participate in its punishment. The eyes, as in the reward of their false and evil gazing, will endure the horrible sight of devils and of hell. The ears, which delighted in unholy conversation, will never hear anything except weeping, lamentations, despair, and so likewise with the other senses. And so we may ask, has the church ever said that anyone goes to hell, or who goes to hell? Two councils of the church have declared, quote, the souls of those who die in original sin, as well as those who die in actual mortal sin, go immediately into hell, yet to be punished with different punishments. End of quote. Further, the Council of Florence itself has declared, quote, The Holy Roman Church firmly believes, professes, and preaches that none of those who are outside the Catholic Church, not only pagans, but also Jews, heretics, and schismatics can become shares of eternal life, but they will go into the eternal fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels, unless before the end of their life they are joined to the church. And the unity of the church's body is of such great importance that the church's sacraments are beneficial toward salvation only for those who remain within the church, and only for them who do fast, almsgiving, and other acts of piety and exercises of Christian discipline to bring forth these rewards if they remain in the church. I continue with the Council of Florence. No one can be saved, no matter how many alms he has given, and even if he sheds his blood for the name of Christ, unless he remains in the bosom and the unity of the Catholic Church. End of quote. Our Lord himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He did not say, I am one of several ways, or I am a privileged way. As our Lord sent out the first members of the Catholic Church, the 72 disciples, he said, 
He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despises you, despises me. And he that despises me, despises him that sent me. The church has never declared any particular individual, however, to be in hell. Following the words of our Lord, though, it is commonly held by the good theologians that Judas is there. Following on the words of our Lord's warning to strive to enter the narrow gate, it was long held by the church fathers and even by the great figures such as St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas that even the majority of Catholics would not be saved. And yet, out of our charity, we can and should pray that even the most hardened sinners repented before their death. Next, how long will the punishment of hell last? Following the scripture references of eternal fire, unquenchable fire, and everlasting punishment, the Council of Constantinople in the year 553 declared that the punishment and fires of hell will be eternal and will have no end. The will of the damned is immovably hardened in sin, and there is no possible repentance, and thus they do not want to be united to God, and thus they must suffer eternal punishment. To better imagine the eternity of such a punishment, St. Francis de Sales adds, Consider how a trifling annoyance, such as a slight fever, makes a short night appear long and grievous to us here. What then will be the night of eternity with its torments? That eternity whence arise eternal despair, blasphemy, and rage. Next, if there are degrees of beatitude in heaven, are there degrees of punishment in hell? The answer is yes. Justice requires that the punishment be commensurate with the crime. Our Lord affirms that punishment will be more more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than the towns that heard and rejected the preaching of Christ. Our Lord affirms that for the scribes, their punishment will also be more severe. In a similar way, punishment for Catholics who have received the fullness of revelation and the sacraments, and especially the Catholic hierarchy of monks, nuns, priests, bishops, and popes who will be damned, will be more severely punished in hell because of their higher vocation to Christ, which they have offended. And yet we can be consoled with today's introit. The Lord saith, I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction. You shall call upon me and I will hear you, and I will bring you back from your captivity from all places. Obviously, we have a horror of the evils of hell. That is a good thing as we remember that the fear of hell is the first motivator in the conversion of a sinner. However, we should never, like so many moderns, see the divine justice of the punishment of hell as incompatible with God's love and his mercy. It is precisely because of his love and his mercy that hell exists. If not for his love and mercy, the sinner that dies in mortal sin would be annihilated by their, at their death. But rather, 
God keeps them in existence to show his love through the just punishments that they have merited. Because of the goodness of God who died on the cross, only the sinner is to blame for their damnation. When we truly love God, then we get a greater understanding of the horror sin that offends the infinite goodness of God. Just as an addict often denies the evils of their problem, so the hardened sinner is easily blinded to their offense. We must either live as we believe, or we will end up believing as we live and justify our sin. At the end of the, his meditation on hell, St. Francis de Sales encourages the reader, quote, Confess that you have repeatedly deserved so to lose God. Henceforth say to yourself, I will follow the other path. Why should I go down into hell? I will therefore make such and such efforts to avoid the sins which will bring me to eternal death. My dear faithful, do not be discouraged. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Acknowledging our sins that have merited hell so many times, let us repent and turn to the mercy of God in the sacrament of confession, where we are given proof of God's merciful love and true hope for the joys of eternal beatitude. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.